Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. So we're going to talk today about um, just what we're reading. Like we have always, since we started, done kind of a book club episode once a month or as close to once a month as possible. And we decided recently, usually in the past, we've both read the same book together and talked about it. And we decided recently that we would instead bring both of kind of just what we're reading and talk about that. So it kind of gets to be like a little bit of a exchange of like, hey, I'm reading this, you should read it. Or, hey, don't read that one. <laughs> like, um, and kind of a book rec slash book review conversation. Um, so I... <laughs> I've been, re- I, I recently read four TikTok darlings or like book talk, bookstagram darlings that you see Ooh. all over the place that have been on my list for forever. And, or, or at least you see like one of the books in the series, they're all series um, yeah. <laughs> regularly. And I'm so excited because I really want to talk about them and talk about how they, I know four is a lot, but <laughs> I want to talk about how they, the similarities. Cause it's like fascinating yes. to me how similar these books are and the ways that they like just comparing and contrasting them is very it's been very interesting for me you know I like analyzing things absolutely so what are they <laughs> well I, did, I didn't want to totally dominate the time so if you, if you want to start you can. well and I so I brought four as well um Ooh. one is an anime um is, oh anime is that what and, you said? and it's not a book at all so okay oh, I could <laughs> I could open with the anime and then we'll talk about the four and then we'll talk about my three. Um, So the anime that I saw is, um, we actually just saw it on Thursday and it's called um, Susume and it's by a um, Japanese director, writer um, named Makoto Makoto, uh, Shinkai. And he did this amazing movie um, called Your Name which the writing is just beautiful. It's one of these that it's so intricately woven. And we were calling this one the the girl, the cat, the chair, and the door. Because if you watch the trailer, like these are the like main symbols, which is kind of, it, it feels really, it feels really random. But once you get into the story, it is just, a beautifully thoughtful um, digging in introspection of grief and trauma. Mm. And it looks kind of at the disaster type of experience, but from a healing perspective. Um, mm. and I love some, that in stories. Yeah. I, especially his stuff is so, I mean, it goes dark places. Like the first scene is a little girl who's four years old, who's, calling for her mother and she's you understand that she won't find her mother Mm -hmm. that whatever has happened um, her mother is gone and it is it's just such a beautiful like it goes to these dark moments and and it hits you I literally Mm -hmm. would there was parts that made me laugh and then I'm crying like weeping Mm -hmm. um his understanding of emotion is so um, on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
he always kind of has this moment where it clicks into place and you have this epiphany of understanding of what came before and how mm. those details kind of thread together. Um, he also has like, he writes the, the books of the movies as well. And so yeah. I've read a couple as well. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited to read the novelization when it comes out. That's Suzumi. I'd highly recommend it. It's beautiful and funny, um, but it's hard to do both. <laughs> yeah, that is hard to do both. I love that. I love when authors can walk that balance or, you know, creators can walk that balance and put that much emotion into their, their work. That's awesome. And, and so I'm, I'm very excited about these TikTok darlings. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready to so. <laughs> Just before more, I have a lot to say about these. It is it is okay because I I probably can very succinctly go through mine. So let's go for it. <laughs> okay, so uh, the first is a not so meat cute by Megan Quinn, um, and then the fine print by Lauren Asher, and things we never got over by Lucy Score, and then twisted love by Anna. Hung. I'm not sure how to say her last name. H U A N G. These books are so fascinating to me because you see them all the time or you see the series all the time. And there are so many similarities, especially in the male characters. Like these are all super strong alpha males. And I have things to say about males. Yes. <laughs> as you probably remember from some of the romance episodes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they're also like all of the males are super dominant, super alpha they all own their own company. They all are very, very wealthy. In all of these stories, the there's a lot of like past wounds and past hurts. Um, they all are not only alpha males, but they really like are that hard exterior, like kind of stonewall, like kind of yes. male, you know? Um, who are <laughs> not really in touch with their emotions not in touch with their emotions (laughs) trying to push everybody else away like yes and you know you've got that trope with the like kind of sunshine female who gets under their skin and like cracks through this hard outer shell you know like (laughs) (laughs) and they're all that like and it's so fascinating to me um because it's like i i love this trope it's great right (laughs) like it it, there is something so compelling about thinking that you could change someone and it you know it's a false narrative but in real life but it's compelling to think that like you could be the one person that this person falls for or the one only person that gets past their defenses or you know like yeah. and that's really the like the heart of this trope and the heart of these stories um i mean there's a lot else going on and some of these stories have some really great other themes happening but i'm I'm finding like, okay, so I'm starting to realize where my line is with alpha males because (laughs) I really like alpha males. Like, I love it. But there are things like in every single one of these books, there are lines that are crossed that I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. (laughs) um, And some of them more so than others. Like I will say, and and it's happened, it's handled so differently. And it's amazing to me how much it matters, how it's handled. Like the fine print, the male in that one is by far my favorite. Like he, he, when he crosses lines, he feels some remorse about it. And so we get inner dialogue that has to do with like, I shouldn't have done that. I should, you know, like, um, that wasn't appropriate, like whatever. And that made me totally fine with him crossing the lines. I was like, yeah, okay, fine with it. 
because like because it was acknowledged you know like because yes. it was pointed out and highlighted a little bit that this isn't behavior that's being condoned it's just like yes. you know it, it's rooted in who this character is and what they believe about themselves in the world and so those choices are right for the character but it's still handled in a way that like highlights that these aren't really good choices and he knows that you know like so I'm kind of okay with that plus the fine print like his arc was great like I felt like he changed I felt like um there was just like a really nice arc to his development that I liked a lot um but there like I just finished Twisted Love last night and that one oh I struggled <laughs> with him like I there was so much I loved about the story like of these four Twisted Love had the best reveals like it just had the best twists which Twisted Love. It's very appropriate for the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Alex was like, ooh. I and I'm I'm realizing, like, here's the thing. Uh dominance in the bedroom, telling her what to do. Yeah, here for it. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. um, a little bit of jealousy. Yeah, I can get behind it. <laughs> I can even get like the possessiveness is a little iffy for me. Like I get like ooh, you're that's where I'm starting to like feel like you're crossing a little bit of a line and like telling the woman what she can or can't do yeah that really I'm like I'm not really okay with that <laughs> like um I'm not here for that and either. it's so interesting to me that way that language matters to that because yeah. I like in um things we never got over like the whole first quarter of the book he's just like you can't do that you're not staying here. You're, no, like, no. No, I'm just like, like, all of my like internal, like, no. And the thing is, is like, if he had just said like, and this isn't giving anything away because it happens very much at the beginning, but like, for example, she is staying in this motel in town. It's the only hotel in town and it's really run down and, and kind of crappy. And he's like, you can't stay here. You're not staying. It's not even that you can't stay here. It's you're not staying here. And mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to me that like, if he had just said, even like, I won't let you stay here feels different to me yeah. than you're not staying here. You yes. know, like that feels like it's on him a little more. Like I can't let you stay here. It feels like yes. it's on him instead of like, I'm putting something on you or like, I'm demanding something of you. Yes. Um, or like, you've got to stay somewhere else like or you right. know or let me find you another place or any of that like feels so much better to me than you're not staying here yes and I just really like that one was that was a struggle for me or also in that one <laughs> this is this sort of gives something away but it's not related to the plot so I'm gonna feel fine about it <laughs> <laughs> There is a point where he picks her up and throws her over his shoulder to like bring her into his office. And okay, in the bedroom with mutual consent, absolutely go all came in, like no problem. But she, like they're broken up. Well, this is also not giving anything away because every romance at some point in the book they all breaks up or separate. Like this is the point in the book where they're broken up and she is legitimately angry with him. Tell, legitimately tells him she's not going to do something and he physically picks her up and moves her and I'm like mm, no that's yeah. fine for me Body um, autonomy is yeah, important like, yeah but it's interesting how much in these books like the women are into it like and I, it makes it better yeah. in some ways that they are into it because if they men did this and they weren't then it would really be crossing the line yeah. but but I don't know it, I just struggle with it a little bit and I think um 
my probably my favorite of these four was uh megan quinn's a long time uh, not a long time coming uh not so me cute um long time coming is the last book in the series but and also me cute i thought had the best tightest plotting like the characters had really strong desires um they're clear like what they wanted was very clear the stakes of what would happen if they didn't get it was super clear um but that one also there were like some times where he was just mean (laughs) in all of these books there are times when the male is just mean um and that I kind of feel like is a little I struggle with too like I don't mind some dominance but when it crosses the line to like meanness like and sometimes I can be okay with it if it's like a lot of these also have um I think almost all of them actually maybe not uh, not so meet cute but the other three for sure have a point at which the male character intentionally is mean like to push away the other character because mm. of their own beliefs or hurt or wounds and sometimes like, like it's not my favorite trope but I can kind of yeah. get behind that like there's a reason to his being mean but in all of these they're mean in the beginning too and I'm just yeah. like, really dude a little bit of standoffishness is fine. A little bit of like closed yeah. offness, a little bit of like, you know, but sometimes it just like crosses into meanness and I'm like, hmm. When you start questioning if they even like the person, that's yeah. where I'm like, like when you can see like the motivations behind it of why mm-hmm. they're acting that way. Yeah. But if it's, if it's just being cruel and that's like, when it starts getting to that place and like, yeah yeah well and like so in um twisted love there's also a lot like all of these have some jealousy possessiveness also too but um twisted love is the the worst in that regard or the farthest on the scale in that regard and that's another thing that like i i can totally get behind like i think jealousy can be um both as a writer and like it can be a great catalyst you know like having the male character see her with someone else can be a great catalyst it can work for increasing tension in the story it can work for um getting the male character to act um or to do something which i think sometimes these characters need that push because these type of these types of alpha men are pretty uh closed off and reserved and aren't really gonna naturally pursue the woman um and so i can get behind that but when it crosses to like full-on possessiveness like you're mine no man is gonna touch you again like I'll kill anyone who touches you you better not touch anyone else because then I'm gonna kill them too you know like yeah um, I don't have some problems with that (laughs) I'm sorry like all that feminist like trigger like anger rage comes out it's like how dare you she's not your property like absolutely well and I I think from a history perspective that us as women bristling at that we have a right to like yeah. <laughs> I mean but what's so fascinating to me yeah. is clearly women don't bristle at it that much because these books are super popular and people love them and talk all the time about how hot they are and and to be fair they are yeah they are steamy they are hot in places I think uh Megan Quinn's <clears throat> and also me cute was the spiciest um although Twisted Love probably had the most like well maybe not I was going to say the most kinks, but maybe that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was one point in Megan Quinn's book too, though, that like there was a, a scene where physically like he did something that I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I'm not sure. She, like she didn't protest, but she also wasn't 
yeah saying yes kind exactly of, and i was like mm. the overall was that one of, i thought was the spiciest and hottest but yeah. but still like uh, people like them i'd <laughs> I'd say that sometimes some of that is playing into taboo. Like yeah. we might accept something in something that we read. We might find it sexy. We yeah. might not accept that behavior to ourselves. But yeah. I I would say that if I read something and it like sets off that red alarm, like it doesn't matter that it's taboo. I, you know, it doesn't matter that it's taboo and sexy. Like if mm-hmm. it crosses that line with me, I don't find the scene sexy. Yeah, I'm like, totally. Mm, I'm tapping out. Um, yes. But uh, everyone kind of there has their own lines for that. that yeah. or what, it's what true. That yeah. And I think there is something like, like, I think people do like that idea of kind of um, being so important to someone that they would like do that. I can kind of get that. Yeah. It's a line, like it's a hard breaks for me, but I can I can get why it might not be for someone else. But it's it's really interesting to me. Like the these books are all super engaging. They're well well done, well written. Um, but they're not like amazing. Like the only thing I can really think of that like makes them like I really think part of it is this alpha trope and people really yeah. loving this alpha trope is well, why they're so popular. Like, and that's interesting to me. Can I posit a thought about the alpha yeah. Because I think a lot of them are reserved and a lot of that we tend to lean in more when something is held back. Mm. And I think there's a very psychological a really connection to those type of things where we don't see everything that's going on. We just see this surface and then there's yeah. so much going on underneath there. I was curious, are any of them, do they show, because you had mentioned that one showed the thoughts of the guys were they all back and forth or were they just? Yeah, they were all back and forth. So you had both point of views. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so you did get some of that internal stuff with all of them. Um, some of them were less, were more morally gray or less um, aware of their dysfunction, maybe, yeah. or uh, less repentant of certain of their actions than others. Um, but you, yeah, we did get their thoughts. And that is a really good point about that like keeping things hidden because all of these also have woundings that don't always come out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and like things like that, that it makes sense. You're right. That that makes people lean in. I, I wonder too, if there's some, these kinds of characters, I kind of wonder too, if there's something to, there's something kind of appealing about having someone else make decisions for you sometimes <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We get kind of this decision fatigue. <laughs> and so I do kind of wonder if there's something like that, that like having someone just like take care of you. And, and these men are yeah. very, like they take care of the women. Um, and be, you know, because they have lots of money, they like take care yeah. of everything. And, you know, so there is some element of like Cinderella story and like, um, and I'm wondering if that's some wish fulfillment or fantasy also have playing out there this desire to have someone just kind of swoop in and take care of life and and I get that as an adult because life is hard and having to make all your own decisions and not knowing what's going to be the right one there is something appealing about someone just saying like yes you're gonna live here like or you're gonna lay down on the bed right now you know like whatever it is I I definitely get that too and I can see how like I can see how under the right circumstances, like reading that book might be exactly what you need. Like at a certain yeah. point that you're like, it is nice to kind of have that, even that a uh, m- mental break from, yeah. from like, even by, you know, 
me putting myself into that proxy of the other of the heroine to just be able to be like I'm not going to adult I'm like as I read this book I'm just going to enjoy all the ways that this character cares for that one and and imagine what that would be like yeah (laughs) even if you're not like taking on board all the other crap with you (laughs) yeah totally yeah and I think as a story device too like there's something yeah I'm gonna think more about that keeping things hidden I think that's really interesting I think there's also a lot of conflict that comes with these characters and conflict drives story you know like like often when they're telling the woman what to do she's protesting and she always gives in or he physically like moves her but um but it creates conflict and like conflict is interesting we don't want to see happy people doing happy things in happy places you know like that's not an interesting story um and so there's often like these men because they're assertive because they're dominant because they have very strong opinions and tell them what they want they create fights um and fights are interesting to read or at least there's at least banter and conflict and um I think as a story device that's also interesting and creates a more compelling story that you want to keep reading because it's not just having people doing happy things (laughs) there is that drama there is that that knowing uh, and even the tension of like when there's something that the character knows is going to make the person upset. Like there's yes. that added drama connected with it too. And do we, yeah, there's that internal and, and external drama. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I definitely, I can see why that would create a lot of drama and interest. Yeah. It, it isn't my number one trope that I go to, but yeah. I can enjoy it under the right circumstances. Yeah. I usually en- enjoy the like sarcastic like bantery stuff more than someone who is kind of a dictator in yes, how yes. they respond. So I guess yeah, there's probably a bunch of little <laughs> yeah. nuances about that, mm-hmm. that um, I tend to like the quiet, mm-hmm. like closed off person rather than the like yelly one. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and some of these men are, uh, do err on the side of quiet but it's still more aggressive quiet than yeah yeah and they are all all four of them I enjoyed a lot for different reasons you know like I I thought um and also me like like Megan Quinn's book was funny it was so funny I laughed out loud multiple times um yeah. and I loved that I thought um things we never got over had a great like it was super good at theme the theme was really well woven into the story both of the characters wounds and false beliefs like tied in together really well and like mm, yeah. built on the same theme if that makes sense yeah um but it wasn't like you were beat over the head with it and yet it was still really clear I thought that the twists and reveals in Twisted Love were fabulous and the fine I really loved the fine print actually it might be one of my top um five reads for the year like I thought it Ooh. was just super solid and it had the character arc like the character growth and change was just really great in that one so like I feel like they each had strengths and then they each had these like alpha males that kind of belong to me sometime too (laughs) but I I I think what's good about that about even just looking and comparing is seeing we don't always you know as readers we don't always read the things that we 
necessarily would do in our life or we, yes. we don't read about necessarily the person that we would choose as a partner yeah, and I, I like I like the distinction there that there's a difference and that yeah. sometimes we can read something and it connects with us even though we're like we would never do that or yes. we would never date someone like that yeah um, I love that which I think is true with like dark romance in general like a twist yeah. um twisted love is definitely a dark romance I I I kind of feel like this isn't true, actually, but I kind of feel like it was my first dark romance, which it is not because I mean, I've read Neon Gods and other things that technically mm-hmm. would fall in the category of dark romance. But I feel like with Neon Gods, the writing was lighter, the, the like, so, like, it just didn't feel as heavy. Like Twisted Love had a lot of like really, really dark things and they were shown on the page, not always just like talked yeah. about off the page um, because you got these flashbacks from both characters. And that just made it was definitely one of the darker things I've ever read and I'm just not sure dark romance is also super popular right now so I'm I'm curious about it I will probably read more dark romance because I'm you know I like analyzing things and seeing why people are into stuff but I am not sure it's gonna be for me (laughs) and and I think I think that's okay to kind of realize that you know this may not just be my genre and yeah and that's okay too because there is something out there for everyone and and it's it's cool that lots of people are reading it I do sometimes feel though like sometimes these books take off one person like does something or gets on a list and then everyone feels like they need to cover that book and Uh so it almost becomes its own like self-propagating thing Mm. and and I think reminding ourselves that like it's great to look at what's out there and what's selling and what's like what is kind of being picked up um and why but also like sometimes it's so inane like it's it's just like yeah (laughs) right like this cover was the really right person well likes it or yeah or Reese Witherspoon picked it up and it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like it it just depends on a bunch of weird things that happen yeah. um that go into kind of bringing something to the top it it doesn't always reflect even taste I think yeah. sometimes yeah that's interesting um and sometimes it can be refl- more reflective of the people who are on TikTok and, and like what those people like rather than yes. readerships in general. And so th- there's just so many um, nuances there to kind of yeah. consider and kind of think about. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. I do think it's, like Megan Quinn's book and uh, The Fine Print, like I felt like were worth the hype and the rest of this, like I read the whole series for Megan Quinn and loved it. You would love the third book in that series. Like, it is too <laughs> super nerdy, like it's just yeah. fabulous friends to lovers which I know is a trophy <laughs> love and I do like it they're super super great and like into all the you know nerd culture stuff and it's fabulous <laughs> I love that and absolutely like nerd nerds two nerds together is like that's my happy place like, absolutely yeah <laughs> I love it <laughs> All right, so I'm done now. Sorry. No, <laughs> Go no, ahead. Tell me what you're reading. So I just finished, like literally just finished by the book by Jasmine Gillory. Um, and it was a side book, not part of her normal series. Um, uh-huh. It was like Disney Hyperion 
um, modernization of Disney-ness like into retellings. It's it's a book related one so it takes beauty and the beast and it sets it within she is an assistant in a publishing house and there is a memoir a hollywood memoir that has not been turned in and she is forced to go into santa barbara to get the grumpy hollywood person who's hiding out in a house okay you're just like this is my jam (laughs) this one's been on my list for a while but i didn't really realize how much it's my (laughs) jam until you just started talking about it Hey, it, I love books about books or like books about people in publishing or books about writers. Totally. Yes. <laughs> love them. And I think she had so much fun with this one because one, this, the character of Isabel, who's Bell, um, she, it wants to be an editor. Like that's why she's in, in the role she's in. And so she ends up not giving anything away because obviously she gets into the house like there's no story if she doesn't um she ends up doing some work on the book um Mm -hmm. over time and I love that um she stealthily puts in all these great like bookish things about like the craft and so I think she had had tons of fun reading it it was just really enjoyable and I really liked Isabel and Bo um Go so the lead character. Okay, say that one had, more time. You really liked. Uh, I really liked um, Isabel and Bo, the the two leads. Like I think it's always hard to do the beast character well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we kind of just were talking about, um, but I think they did a good balance with his character mm. of why he loses his temper and when and what he says and. It, it's not in his perspective at all, which I think allows some things to not be said and then to be revealed later. And I, I did like that a lot. Um, mm. So I recommend it. Buy the book. Um, I'm going to have to go read it now. Maybe this week. I, <laughs> Sounding great. I want to read the rest. Like there's, there's um, another one that's like, if the shoe fits, um, that's the first one. It's a Cinderella retelling. And then there's an Ariel one coming out. And I'm like, I'm, I'm here for this. So yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued by what the other one, two are going to be like, um, or once I read them. And then I did two like historical mysteries because I was Ooh. totally in this space. And uh, Sherry Thomas's new um, Lady Sherlock came out, which was A Tempest at Sea. Fun. Yes. And it, it, so this one, like each one has its own flavor, each one mm-hmm. in your series. And this one kind of felt like an Agatha Christie death on the Nile. It takes mm. place on a ship. So kind of in that isolated, locked in, very small, enclosed environment with lots of things happening in and out. And she has done such a great job of interweaving the storylines where mm. all of a sudden something comes from another part of the story um, that you didn't expect. And so it was a delight. It was probably That's one awesome. of my favorites of hers so far. Um, but I love well, that says a lot like, too because you love her books so I much. Do. I do yeah. love her books a lot. Um, I love that confined environment, yeah. like yeah. forced proximity, closed. Like it's so good. It creates so much great tension and so much like higher stakes because they can't get away. It's perfect. It's wonderful, and it also gives a puzzle to solve. Yeah. Like, and I love when they include a map, which she totally did, and that's that's always fun with a mystery 
also, it's almost like when they're going to places, even if they don't get to those locales, even yeah. talking about the different places is fun. So loved it. Was totally here for it. Um, Miss Aldridge Regrets is another one I read that's a mystery. Um, it's by uh, British author uh, Louise Hare. And I heard of that one. Yeah. It's glorious. It is. So it is a kind of speakeasy, but on the British side of things, like uh-huh. jazz clubs. The the lead character, her name's Lena Aldridge, and she's a, a singer in the in the club uh-huh. where this murder happens. And then all these great things happen. She's forced into it, which the hardest part is when you have a mystery and there's not a detective. Mm-hmm. When how do you get that character into the story and yeah. the solution for getting this character into the story was amazing and so well done. And just, it opens with the killer. Talking. From their perspective or? Yes. Ah, interesting. In, and in a kind of journal type of format. Um, hmm. And it, it was fascinating. I just thought that was a really interesting hook um for sure because we get into the story by looking from the outside in before we go in and um i really was here for it i and the it was very it was you know 1930s 19 like end of 1920s type of feel that may have been been later 1930s but it had such great atmosphere you know we talked about setting and tone and it just felt um, you could feel it vibrating. And then mm. it also had a transatlantic crossing. Um, this one, though, was, I mean, this one was the boat trip um, was from London to New York. The other one was the opposite uh-huh. way towards uh, Europe and Asia. Um, so this one was a lot of those things took place on this ship, but there was like social differences and uh-huh. she um her father was black and her mother was white her mother mm. abandoned her and so there's a lot of kind of dynamics at play yeah. and she actually can pass and she has passed in um england society so there's a lot of that those yeah. dynamics going on as well. The complexity of that. So, yeah. So well done. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be a part of a series. There's going to be another one coming out, which I'm very much here for. The character, Lena, was, she's so beautifully imperfect. And mm-hmm. she chose for her to be a bit messy in places. And I loved that. It was, it was so it made her feel very human. Like yeah, there's fleshed out and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of moral ambiguity in it. And mm. kind of, she has to make a lot of really hard choices mm. that we may not make the same choices as her, but you can understand them. Um, yeah. Loved it. Totally was here for it. The feel of the book was amazing. I, um, 
really enjoyed that one. That one sounds great too. Although I will say I have like a strong rule now about not starting a series until all the works are done because I get frustrated. (laughs) That's the problem with Sherry Thomas is Mm -hmm. I think that she's going to be going for like 12 in the series. So I binge them every time they come out and then I'm like twiddling my fingers being (laughs) like looking at her Instagram being like don't do anything else but write your books. So I mean not really. and then um I'm in the wait I have one more question about that last one absolutely showing the the murderer's point of view I'm curious did you get the why before like early on like I feel like often with murder mysteries we read them not just to find out how and who but to find out why and so I'm curious like if that was held back or if that was given right away and if like if it was given right away how that influenced the story like yeah. I'm just intrigued by those kinds of things. So the choices it authors held, make, you know. It was held back. And the, I mm-hmm. but we understood that there was a reason. Uh-huh. And and it brought up a it brought up a question, mm. um, which did a great job of Yeah, that's it, a great it way to do it. Highlighted the question of why her. Uh-huh. Like why this woman who is singing in this club, why does she get pulled into this? Yeah. And so it, it gives us without, cause obviously she knows, like she knows the person who's going to be, who's killed, uh-huh. but she doesn't know the reason behind it. Right. The main character knows, but doesn't. Yeah. Yes. No reason. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of kind of, you get that she as a character is involved in something that is connected uh-huh. with this but you don't know what until the reveal yeah yeah so i think that's great that's, that's interesting it, yeah. it really the questions she then asks herself have already been kind of started to be hinted at by that yeah. opening yeah and and but since she is also not directly aware of all the connections going on yeah her it allows for her to go on false trails which is yes great like I yeah well and I imagine then if you had the killer's point of view you also kind of knew as the reader that she was going on false trails is that accurate or like kind of had ideas that maybe she was going um on false trails which I think would be really interesting because then you'd be like no (laughs) I don't know as readers be like yelling at characters, right? <laughs> yeah. Or when she does something that takes the murder by surprise, mm. and you get concerned that the murder might be getting desperate. Um, uh, that was fascinating. Like, yeah. Those parts where it was used to like the kind of the tension, the tension. Or the danger. Yeah. yeah. That's was, interesting. Was interesting. pretty cool. Um, I I really liked how it was done and when it was employed because it wasn't. Yeah. She didn't overuse it. She yeah. used it at very key moments and even at key moments where you would think that it made sense that the murderer would write something down. Yes, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go no, no, not at all. <laughs> And then I'm not finished with it, but I'm right now in the middle of reading uh, Sajni Patel's The Trouble with Hating You, mm-hmm. um, which I've, I, 
she has another one that came out recently, I believe. Um, but yeah, this is the book. Oh, I love seeing that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an it's a it says on the front these two are so not in love, um, and it's it's a like arranged dinner by the fa- her family that goes totally har- awry and um <laughs> I'm I don't I'm here for those I love like when there is a definite reason for the character to not want to go that route yeah and for it to not just be like a the fact that they don't like each other it's also like the family dynamics which is so relatable um yeah. so I'm I'm only about 80 pages in but I'm enjoying it immensely it's been the the lead character is just she's so much fun um uh Laya um so I when the lead female character is is relatable, fun, messy. I'm like, I can be here for it. And yeah. it's okay if I don't yet connect with the guy because that will come with time, hopefully. Like, just yeah. like in most um, romances. And I think I, I I tend to like those stories too, like Pride and Prejudice type of yes. ones where you're like, you can enjoy just liking them at first or at least not and like being like man I don't know yeah. I don't know about this person and then like they're revealed over time I tend to really like that so yeah that's that's the one I'm in the process of reading now I love it <laughs> okay I'm gonna have to check these out now yep this is fun. <laughs> all right yeah. well we hope you've got some some ideas for other things to re- yeah. read from this and and also some ideas in your writing like just things that um other authors are doing and how those things have maybe worked or yeah <laughs> i just can't wait to learn our next conversation to hear what else we're reading so we hope you all listening um enjoyed this and that you would leave a review because that helps other people find us and we hope you keep reading all kinds of things and keep writing and putting your work out into the world